It's the major fundraiser for our congregation. I will invite you to quiet all your beeping, buzzing, or even vibrating devices this morning. We've got lots of music to share, and I'm sure that you would want to hear that rather than your ringtone. And uh, with that, we will begin with our prelude.
As I welcome the choir back to be seated, I'll just let you know that we'll be talking a lot about branches of May today and blossoming and budding and possibilities with spring and rainfall. And I will invite Gordon Ritchie to start our service. Good morning, everyone. The reading that I have for you this morning is entitled Celtic Blessing to the Four Directions. And traditionally, for a reading like this, we would begin acknowledging the power and spirit of the East, then the South, the West, which is towards the stage, and then finally the North, which is towards Keeler's, uh, Keeler Hall. So if you are willing and able, I invite you to rise and face the east. For those of you who are joining us online, you're welcome to stand and acknowledge the east or just be with us uh, in this process as well. <clears throat> Great spirit of light, come to us out of the east with the power of the rising sun. Let there be light in our words. Let there be light on the path we walk. Let us remember always to be thankful that you give the gift of a new day. Let the color of fresh rising in our life be glory to you. And let us turn to the right and face the south. <coughs> Great spirit of creation, send us the warm, gentle, and refreshing winds of the south. Comfort us and caress us when tired and cold. Unfold us like the gentle breezes that unfold the leaves on the trees. And as you give to all the earth your warm, moving wind, give to us so that we may grow close to you in warmth. And we face the West. Great life-giving spirit, we face the West where the sun goes down each day to come up the next day. Let us remember every day that the moment will come when our sun will go down. You are the powerful cycle which pulls us to transformation. Never let us forget that we must fade into you. We ask for the blessing of the sunset. Keep us open to life's changes. Give us a beautiful color. Give us a great sky for setting so that when it is our time to meet you, we come with glory. And let us face to the north. Great spirit of love, come to us with the power of the north. We come to you and ask for the strength and the power to bear what is cold and harsh in life. Make us courageous when the cold winds of life fall around us. Give us strength and endurance, endurance for everything that is harsh, everything that hurts. Do not let the winter blow us away. Let us move through life readily to take what comes from the north. And let us turn and face the center. And as we do, I will ask Louise to come forward to light our chalice. These words are by Paul Stretcher. 
We light this chalice for the web of life which sustains us, for the sacred life, circle of life in which we have our being, for the earth and the sky, the above and below, and for our mother earth and for the mystery. You'll notice that Louise has also lit our candle for Ukraine. We keep them with us. And Kim is coming forward to light a special candle for us, which she will speak to us about as well. Unusual, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You can see that there's an unusual or a different candle here today. The reason being is that uh, this last Thursday was Yom Shoah. Now, in the Jewish tradition, Yom means day, and Shoah means Holocaust. So this last Thursday was World Remembrance of the Holocaust. Now, I guess I was thinking sort of like a Unitarian, because this is a remembrance of six million Jews that perished thanks to Hitler's final solution. But I was thinking, there are millions of other people who have perished, and I was thinking particularly of the four million Ukrainian farmers and villages that perished under Stalin's man-made starvation plan. And it really hurt me. I thought to myself, okay, I, I can't just think of one thing. And I thought then of all the other victims of tyranny and oppression who have perished in this world. And so this remembrance candle became that for me, remembering not only the Holocaust, because I am of, of Jewish culture. I celebrate the high holidays, but somehow this strikes a chord. So I thought then of all the other victims that we should remember and that we should bring to our hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. And so let us sing. You would have received uh, a paper of our first hymn, Call Us Again. The words will be coming up on the screen. And for those of you who are with us online, your text should be coming up on your computer screen as well. Now, this is the first time that this hymn will be heard during a Sunday morning service. Reverend Audrey Brooks sent me some text a little while ago, and I read it through, and I thought, this has to be a hymn. This has to be a hymn for us to sing. And so let us join in singing Call Us Again for the first time here in our sanctuary. Call Us Again.
Our next reading is, in, is uh, written by Teresa Cooley. In this time of anticipated spring, let us allow ourselves to extend the anticipation, to value the time of budding before blooming, of seeding before sprouting. This is a time of revelation, the revealing of that which is eternal, which we see every day, but still need to be reminded to see it in a new way. There is also the revelation of that which is new. Every spring, we encounter something never seen before. It is the very newness which embodies hope and potential for the wholeness which is yet to be. Let us allow spring to unfold slowly that we may appreciate the true mystery of rebirth and renewal. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an amazing organization. Based in Edmonton, Youth Empowerment and Support Services, also referred to as YES, provides immediate and low barrier 24-7 shelter and individualized support for young people aged 15 to 24. I quote from their website. Over the years, we have moved from the crisis focus of emergency shelter to a prevention focus that provides everything from shelter to resources to trauma support. YES has reorganized its structure and processes to be trauma-informed, has created an internal trauma and mental health psychology team, also an evaluation framework to help youth identify what skills they still need to develop and where they are in their healing journey. It is our belief that we give youth safe space, consistent and non-judgmental support and teaching and the time to choose their own path to success. We can prevent further entrenchment into the cycles of trauma and homeless, home, sorry, homelessness. Collaboration means we work together with other organizations in line with local, provincial and national plans to create a holistic approach to address homelessness. While the Unitarian Church of Edmonton is one of those organizations, in fact, one half of the unidentified cash that's received during the month of May will be donated to YES. Our offering plate is located at our exit. Those in the sanctuary may leave a donation at the end of the service. For those of you online, I encourage you to visit the Youth Empowerment and Social Services website to make a donation. We thank you for your generosity and your support. With our time, our talents, and our money, we support the work of the community and this Unitarian Universalist tradition. And so let us join in singing, From You I Receive.
we're doing things in a little bit of a different order today. Normally we have meditation following the message, but this morning I'd like us to all have very clear, open minds by the time we get to the message and what I'm going to ask you to do after that. So we're going to have our meditation first. So I would invite you now to a time of meditation. You might wish to adjust your position or have your feet flat on the ground, feel the connection with the earth, your body resting easily on the back of your chair or the back of your couch if you're at home or if you want to lay on your floor, lay on your bed. You might have your hands with your palms gently up if that's comfortable for you. Your eyelids can be closed or just have a soft focus. And you're breathing soft and easy. In these next minutes, I ask you to give yourself the gift of time. Time for your spirit to lay down its burden. Time for your thoughts to ease away from each other, creating pockets of silence between the noise of their passing. Time for your body simply to rest. Time to rest an infant safe in the womb of Mother Earth, listening only to the soothing, regular sounds of her timeless pulse, connecting each of us to all that is. Time to simply be. Imagine that you sit at the foaming edge of land and liquid, watching the rhythms of the waves, watching the water transmit the energy of the winds traveling over it, watching that energy across the barrier of sands and pebbles, some pebbles larger than others, only shift gently in place as the water sluices around them. Others, smaller, more agile, seem to chase the backwash as the water ebbs away only to be returned, more or less, to where they began. Sometimes we are boulders at the water's edge, absorbing the water's energy and stoic strength, standing solid and unmovable, defiant and unyielding as the water churns around us. Sometimes we're rocks, stubborn, slow to be moved, sluggish in our response to the tides, pushing and pulling us. Sometimes we're pebbles, tumbling helter-skelter, higgledy-piggledy-pop, overwhelmed and unable to resist the breaking waves and sucking backwashes that we just can't seem to get away from. And sometimes we are sand with an infinite capacity to accept and absorb and transmit the energies breaking against us, able to allow those energies to pass through us, through the pockets of silence, a space of peace that is within us. What are you today? A boulder? The rock, 
the pebble, sand. All of these? What's the energy that's swirling around you? How is that changing you and how you see the world? How is that energy changed by your interaction with it? In every breath, in every curving muscle and ligament, in every pulse and rhythm you experience, there is a story of you, of who you were, of who you are now, of who you choose to be, of how you choose to be connected to all that is. A story that is still being written by you. Now take a deep breath. Take another, and if they're closed, open your eyes, your feet flat on the ground, your body resting easily, your hands gently open.
we called the four directions to begin our service. Because those who gather in this space come from all directions. The east, the west, the north, the south, the exultant, the despairing, the worried, and the relieved, the straight, the gay, the transgender, and the questioning, the newborn, the crone, the youth, the sage. As we were reminded in our meditation, some of us today are boulders, stoic, solid, unmovable. Some of us might be rocks, stubborn, slow to be moved, sluggish. We might be pebbles, tumbling, helter-skelter, higgledy-piggledy-pop, and overwhelmed. Or maybe today we are sand with an infinite capacity to accept and absorb and transmit the energies breaking against us. Our theme this morning and this month is Nurturing Beauty. And today our readings and music reflect the beauty and the color that spring and the cleansing, life-giving rain that comes with it can bring to create a colorful beauty after the weariness of winter. What I invite you to ask yourselves this morning, however, how can the Unitarian Church of Edmonton welcome and nurture the beauty and potential in individuals, no matter what direction they come from or what type of rock they may feel like? How can UCE nurture the beauty and potential in our world? Well, we've actually already started. Since 1912, the Unitarian Church of Edmonton has nurtured curiosity, intellect, acceptance, justice, and loving, strong relationships. It has nurtured beauty through art shows, gardens, drama and drag shows, concerts and cabarets, and everyone in this community brings gifts and insights that make us all richer. Just look at this morning's service. The words to call us again were written by Audrey Brooks. Susan Rattan wrote the words to the song we just sang. Gordon arranged the uh, music for Call Us Again, and you'll hear another piece of his in Time of Silver Rain soon. Our singers are sharing their talents to enrich our service. Our greeters and our online and in-person are provided welcome and connection to you this morning. Our fabulous tech team of sound and light and cameras and slides um, all create the atmosphere that help enhance our experience and help us to fully participate in the morning. Kim raised our awareness about Yom Shoah. Later in the service, Yvonne will share our reading. And that's just this morning. Now think of those who contribute to church suppers, take care of money matters, volunteer on committees or the board, paint, clean, nourish the minds and spirits of our children and youth, work for the food bank, contribute to the garage sale, start comforting conversations with those who need a listening ear, and ask the tough questions that help us be our best selves. We've got them all, and that's a lot of beautiful individuals. But how do we focus and grow that beauty so it has the greatest impact on creating the world we want to see? 
There's a lot of good here. But how do we amplify it? How do we invite others into it? If you attended either of the last two services, you would have heard Reverend Rosemary talk about how we are beginning the process of developing a new vision, mission, and covenant of right relations here. As a group, we will decide what we want to be, what work we want to do, and how we will do it together. You can envision the vision, mission, and covenant as blocks that build on one another. Kind of, if you can see the posters on either side, which are the, the building blocks that set our foundation. They'll focus and strengthen our whole community by clearly articulating a shared sense of who we are, what our purpose is, and what values guide us. This is an exciting time of possibility. As our first reading reminded us, spring is a time of anticipation, a time to value the budding and blooming, to value the seeding before the sprouting. This morning, we're going to take our first steps toward developing our vision statement. And this is a time of anticipation for us. What will UCE become? What do we want to do in the world? How will we bloom? As the same reading also noted, spring is a time of revelation, rebirth, and renewal. As we come out of a time of transition as a congregation, and the bleakness of winter and a seemingly unending pandemic, how will we renew our church? What do you want to see? What do you want to be like as a group? What are your dreams and your desires for UCE? Well, a vision statement answers those questions. It's future-oriented and focuses on where we are going. It's an idealistic dream, so it inspires, it speaks to the heart. A vision statement articulates the destination and direction for UCE to move forward. It describes the clear and inspirational long-term desired change resulting from what will be our work. And, this is a kicker for Unitarians, it does so in very few words. Best practice suggests that vision statements be between 15 and 25 words. The statement should be something that everyone, young, old, newcomer, or seasoned member, immediately understands and can remember. You can think of it like a newspaper headline about something the church has accomplished at some future point. So if you imagine you're reading a paper 10 years from now, what would it say about the Unitarian Church of Edmonton? In a moment, I'm going to invite you to share your dreams for UCE on a raindrop or two, or in the chat, but don't write anything yet. The governance implementation team will, will theme the ideas and share them back with you next week. Then you'll be invited to contribute ideas for the mission statement. Now, just so that we don't steal the thunder of that service, let's take a quick look at what the difference is between vision and mission. So vision statements are long-term. They're aspirational. Mission statements are focused on the present and what we need to be doing. They're more like a job description. So in short, the mission statement dictates what you do, what you exist to do, so why we are, and the vision shows 
what doing that successfully will lead to. Hopefully that's clear. As we framed it in our posters, we say the vision is what we will be and the mission is what work we will do. So this morning, we will focus on what we will be. We've all come from different directions. We've all been sand and pebbles and rocks and boulders at different times in our lives. And I'm guessing that for many of us, UCE has been different things to us over our lives. I invite you now to take a few moments and just reflect and recall on the best of UCE that you know and imagine the best of what UCE could be for each of us and for those we have yet to meet. When you're ready, for those in the sanctuary, select a raindrop. And if you don't have a raindrop or two, just put your hand up and we have lovely volunteers who will bring you one or two. And write the ending to this statement. UCE will fill in that blank. Please write only one idea per raindrop, but you may share as many dreams on as many raindrops as you like. And when you're done writing, please add your raindrop above our branches of May. There's some double-sided tape on the desk over there. And uh, just stick a strip down and place it right on the plastic curtain. For those online, please enter your endings to the UCE will statement in the chat. And as you're thinking and writing, Coriolis will sing two rain-themed pieces that will hopefully inspire you and stir your memories and imaginations. Thank <laughs> you. 
we have a torrential downpour happening. Please feel free if ideas come to you through the service or after to keep adding to the wall. It will be there for a while. Choir, I'll ask you to add at the end of the service. Just have a little music for those few who have raindrops still to come or chats still to happen. invite you to help in a blessing of the water because the work that we are doing determining our future determining who we will be as a community really is sacred work and so this is a responsive blessing and your line is the water is sacred so this water is sacred it is made sacred by the many hands that have poured it with intention and love, the many stories that each drop contains, the many lives surrounding it in this unique moment, connected by commitment and faith. This water is sacred. May it continue to nurture this community with sustaining hope that we journey together through ripples of growth and change. This water is sacred. May it continue to bless this community with loving reminders of our collective responsibility to one another and the world. This water is sacred. May its ripples remind, be a reminder that the changes and growth within this community bring movement and transformation to the world beyond our doors. This water is sacred. May its purity offer grace to our community and the willingness to forgive ourselves and one another when we make mistakes. This water is sacred. In moments when we're confused or uncertain, may it bring us clarity of purpose and commitment. This water is sacred. In moments when the reservoirs of hearts and spirits are drained by sorrow or pain, may it nourish them with the knowledge that we are surrounded by a deep, and abundant love. This water is sacred. Now I invite you now to sing our hymn of the month, which is in the smaller teal hymn books. It's number 1058. It's also going to be on the screen. It's Be Ours a Religion. Uh, it's a new piece for most of us, and so Gordon's going to play it through once, and then we're going to sing it through twice.
I'll now invite Yvonne Miro forward to do a reading called Water Makes Its Mark. Water Makes Its Mark by Matt Allspaugh. A glass of a glass of tea sweats a circle of droplets on an old table. Drying, they pull dirt and stain from the wood. Leaving a ring, water makes its mark. Deep in the earth, in a cave, a drop falls each minute. Where it lands, a great pillar of white rock has grown up. Water makes its mark. On the surface above, a stream burbles and flows, carving out potholes in the granite of its bed. Water makes its mark. Along a highway cut, a geologist points out the layers of tan slate, each penny thin sheet, the memory of a torrential rainstorm eons ago. Water makes its mark. In its network of veins, the blood salty like the seawater from which we sprang, flows on in cycles, giving life. Water makes its mark. The dark clouds pass on, yielding no rain. Crops wither. And drought comes, famine, migration, violence, and death soon follow. Water makes its mark. A space probe turns its camera toward whence it came, imaging one solitary pixel of light, its color, the pale blue of oceans. Water makes its mark. A solitary tear slides down the cheek, a tear of abiding joy, a tear of unending grief. We see and share the depth of feeling at its true core, water makes its mark. Thanks, Yvonne. I invite you now to sing hymn number 163, For the Earth Forever Turning, a joyous celebration of all things green and abundant in our earth.
As I read our closing words, I'd ask Louise to come forward and extinguish our chalices. Our words this morning are by Elizabeth Lerner Maclay. As drops of rain that find each other and build to become a track, a rivulet, a stream, a river, a sea, so are we drawn together. So are we fortunate to find each other. And so are we bound on this shared passage toward an unknown ocean and eternity. We're going to end our service with a postlude and then have carry the flame. And because today is our annual general meeting, we invite you to maybe have a quick stretch of your legs um, and then come back and join because that's also a wonderful celebration of all the work and commitment and richness that this committee offers and a chance for us to look ahead and envision what we will be and how we will get there. And I think there's something else. <laughs> we have a special presentation today because we love Karen and Gordon so much. And we all appreciate being able to sing again. Coriolis is so happy to be back again. We, we miss it dearly. And uh, we love the services that they put on. And we are so appreciative of their talents, their skills, and their love. So this was our last official Coriolis service for this season, but you might be seeing more of a few of us just to let you know. And we have one last great song. Thank you. 